Well, there's a, a tear in my eye as we uh, we approach episode 30 with uh, no Daniel McDonald who has left us. Well, he, at least he got married anyway. Um, he's gone until the end of his honeymoon. So he'll be back for the end of the season. And this is episode 30 of LOI Weekly. And I'm sure you're wondering who's sitting opposite me. And uh, unfortunately, it's Damien Lynch. We just couldn't get anyone better. Cheers, but, uh, Johnny. How Cheers are you, Damo? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, uh, Good, yeah, good. All good. Just... Uh, Getting over the weekend. You recovered after the wedding? Yeah, yeah. In fairness, there was a good air presence. and um, I heard it was pretty much all journalists and uh, there were Dan's wife's friends. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. a great kind of harmony between yeah. the two. Does Dan have any friends outside of journalists and the air guys? Apart from the guys he met in UCD. There's a funny story actually about this <laughs> because uh, Dan was supposed to go to DCU with me. Um, and when I was young... At around 15, we got the internet for the first time. So I was just getting into the League of Ireland around that time. And uh, literally every League of Ireland webpage I'd visited because it was new and I was mad to read about the League of Ireland. But on these kind of message boards or whatever, we got to know each other. Myself, Daniel McDonald, <laughs> Rory O'Connor, right? And Dermot Looney. We were four mates. We were all the same age, more or less. And um, as it turned out, three of us ended up working for the Irish Independent. And we're the head of our respective sports. Um, and Dermot Looney is now a pretty successful politician. A Pats uh, fan as well. A very big Pats yeah, fan. Yeah. Stayed in my house in Galway many years ago. Um, and actually, just I should mention, as we're talking, the FAI Cup draw is just working out here. And Cork City Cork. are about to Ooh. play at home against Limerick. Oh, what a draw. Um, and that obviously leaves Dundalk against Rovers. And the home venue will be... Are we going home venues? Or is it not? It it's will be, won't home it? Venues, yeah. 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 This is a big thing. and It should uh, be um, neutral. Pro- neutral would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Could open up Tolka again. It would it it'd nearly give Tolka a raison d'etre, wouldn't it? You know yeah. this. Um, so it's oh, Dundalk at home to Rovers. That'll be. Ooh. So just to, to go back to my rambling story, um, the three of us, Dermot, Dan, and I, all want to get journalism in DCU. And I was the only one of the three who actually got the no points. No way. Right? And the I, smartest one out of the three. I, I'm def- I would consider myself uh, at level in terms of intellect or below the other two. But whatever way it worked out, I got more than... You in an exam. And I, I, d- I wouldn't say that. I got an A1 in English. Nice. That got me over the line, as many people will. You know, yeah, yeah. Won't be surprised by it. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we, we repaired back to the old chat room and I was like how would you get on and Dan threw an absolute hissy fist it was like the end of the world and he goes this is crap my life is ruined and I go just go to UCD do the arts course so Dan did the arts course in UCD and he met a load of people who were actually at the wedding I went to DCU the course was absolute crap and the only <laughs> thing that I actually got out of it was a gambling problem I started going to the bookies <laughs> right so I had no interest I don't in know why I'm laughing here this, this is, is so getting serious now Demo it, it was 10 hours a week in the course so I had nothing to do all the time I and where were you living uh, living in Whitehall right. so I'm th- from around there actually. you know the Viscount so yeah, the boys yeah. sports beside the Viscount yeah. that was just open at that time in terms of they took over a little independent yeah. and you Basically, you could get free coffee there and, the, and free heating. So it was a bit like Withnail and I. You went to a place that was free in terms of heating and it was a lot nicer than where I was living. But anyway, so I don't know anyone really from DCU anymore. And Dan um, had all his mates from UCD and he became the journalist that he is today. And he gave the best groom speech I've ever oh, heard. Oh, really? It was brilliant. Yeah, you'd expect that from Dan. He, he's and, and unscripted. Really? Unscripted, yeah. 
Wow. And I think that works best because I think when you're reading, it's like, and may I say, yeah. you know, <laughs> and this thing as well, don't, the, you know, you're actually reading from the script saying, don't the um, girls look lovely yeah. today? <laughs> no, really, no, really not. Maybe yeah. they don't, like. Um, but anyway, um, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're on episode 30. So we're on Podcast Republic, not Soccer Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Snapchat, and... Uh, the speech length, I just read this off a sheet here. It's pretty <laughs> long now, to be fair. It was, I think the speech has come to about 55 no. minutes. Dan was, what, 52 of that? Da- Dan was a lot of it. Yeah. 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 Um, but he does like to talk. Yeah. He does he, like to talk. He says, like, and he goes, he goes, I know, like, I was the youngest in the family, and everyone says my mother, like, you know, she really treats me differently to everyone, and I'm the family pet. But to be fair, every time I go home, you know, and she comes in first thing in the morning with a glass of orange juice, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, that was a great gag. Then afterwards he goes, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's actually true. Um, but it was a great wedding. And uh, when he comes back, I guess he will be able to find out the cup draw, which we've had. And Damo, the, the results this weekend were Longford 1, Cork 4, Bluebell 2, Rovers 4. We're going to talk to Ronan Finn also about the uh, cup final, which is on Saturday, the Sports Cup final. Galway United 1, Limerick 2 and Dundalk 4, draw it nil. Yeah, big one. I think your lads let you down. You were pretty optimistic on him, Galway? I was very optimistic, actually. And uh, by all accounts, you know, again, Dan, the timing of the wedding was desperate, really. It was, it was during all these games, like, so I missed everything. Uh, but uh, this is a very ragged start. We're also going to talk about the Adlone situation later on. But uh, it was disappointing because I just felt if we drew Cork or Rovers at home in the semi-final, I think we had a chance of getting to yeah, the cup yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've never seen us really. I've seen us get to a cup semi-final. But uh, what was your take on the, the weekend's results? Um, I think it went... Uh, the only one was Galway, Limerick. I think I, t- I tipped Limerick for uh, to, for the surprise there. Dundalk look frightening at the moment. Battered Drogheda. And obviously that kind of condemned Drogheda's season altogether. Good to see Cork coming back. I fancied him against Longford. Four, pretty comprehensive. They were four up and then conceded at the end. So I think it sets it up for a fantastic quarter uh, semi-final now. Um, just seeing the draw there. Cork, Limerick, Dundalk, Rovers... I'd love to see Rovers get to the final. Cork Rovers final will be a, a savage game. But um, Cork Rovers final, bit of yeah. previews. And Stephen Bradley, until you come on the show, we're going to slag you a bit. Leave Stephen Bradley alone. You, you're trying to defend uh, oh, yeah, Bradley. I'm not here. trying to defend them. We will defend them. Um, you have some, you've had some really, really loose comments on Stephen Bradley on Twitter in particular. Such after as? the this was it the Sam Bowen incident mm, that was despicable management. It wasn't. He was. How not? How was it not? How was it? Well, you would have done the same. A guy who's possibly concussed and clearly doesn't know what's, what so he's doing. Do you think Stephen Bradley knows that? Uh, do, you, do you not think he should have had sympathy for the fact that the player was manifestly not... not no, because he doesn't have time for that. He's watching the game. He gave the, the ball doesn't back. Doesn't have he time was, for the welfare he was, of his player. He was co- the doctor takes care of that. Yeah, but the... The, the doctor takes the, care the of the welfare. Didn't it's not the manager's job, that. that the, that's the doctor's job. It's the doctor's job to check if it was concussed. Shouldn't have let him back onto the pitch. That's not Stephen Bradley's fault. But he Bradley's took him back off. That's not Stephen Bradley's well, fault. He, he took him back off and then Bradley gave him... Because he was frustrated. He, be, like what, he gave him so he's not allowed to show any frustration on the side of the pitch. Uh, okay, so the player passed the ball out of play, clearly not in the, in the right mental state. And th- you'd How have does to, Stephen Bradley know that? Because anyone watching it would know it. He Unless Bradley was... The doctors, at, the doctors have to p- send him back on, so he's to assume that he's back. He's fully able to play the game. Yeah, well, so yeah. maybe the doctor made a mistake. He Sometimes you'll, a mistake, you'll yeah. ask a player, blah, 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 blah. But obviously the player wasn't right. So, Bradley, you have two options here. You say, get to the dressing room, son. Uh, get yourself sorted. Get to the dressing room. You 
blah, 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 blah. Why did you give the ball away? Get out of here as he swings his... Yeah, because uh, he's frustrated. Everyone gets frustrated on the side of the pitch. The managers, more than most, get frustrated. What do you want to do? Sit there and just be have no emotion whatsoever. Shocking, he actually showed a bit of emotion. He showed a bit of emotion. Yeah. Oh, poor lad, he'll get over it. He'll, and he won't make that mistake again. Let's talk about the 4-2 Rovers because Brandon Mila and Trevor Clark from just the highlights. And in fairness to Bradzer, these lads are playing for him at yeah. the moment and they're playing very well. And I think they're not far off the second best team in the country at the moment, just the way they're playing. I know they're flying, um, coming into form at the right time. I was actually chatting to Chris earlier uh, about it and I remember when I moved to Drogheda under Dulo, first season, and we signed a lot of big players. Was my, uh, Simon Webb, we brought in Shane Robinson, Dan Connor, some, a lot of players that have been around the league, myself. And there was a bit of pressure on us to do well. And we actually had an average league season. Just didn't get it right. It took us a while to get going. We had dips, a bit like Rovers. But we won the cup that year. And I remember getting to the end of the season. We, we knew we were going to finish third. and We, we actually weren't, comf- weren't certain of that. But we got to the cup final. And everything revolved around the cup final. So looking at Stephen Bradley this year, it's been a tough year for him. And he'll have learned a lot. If they finish third, they have the EA Sports Cup. If they, could get, if they could win that, that would be unbelievable. If they could get to the cup final, even just get to it, that would be a massive season for them. And I'd expect them to kick on. And looking at the way they played, you know, look at Mele, the form he's in now. The third goal from, with Trevor Clark, jinking through, playing the little back heel, Mele coming around. That's off the training park. They're doing that, obviously, on day in, day out. Mele's goals from outside the box was first one. Like, that's just pure quality, and he has that in his locker. But you can just see them coming together a little bit more uh, and they're hitting a bit of form at the right time coming to the end of the season. And Cork as well, I think, Damo, the fact that uh, Dooley's been out, I think, has probably been something maybe that people have missed. You know, they've spoken about Shepard. Sorry, they've spoken about Maguire and O'Connor being gone, but Dooley hasn't really been playing much lately. And he was back in the 4-1 win over Longford. Uh, Shepard got uh, two goals, Kyohan and Sadlier as well. So I suppose the right players were scoring for them from Caulfield's perspective. Yeah, and going into that game, I was wondering, like, Longford away, it's a tricky toy. I, I think I go back to the Alan Matthews era going down there. It was always hard. And they would have had the history of getting to the cup final a couple of times and been so overly, like, massively successful in it. So it was a tricky enough toy, but the fact to go down there, 3 0 at half time, go 4 0, and then just concede towards the end would be slightly frustrating for John Caulfield. But delighted. To your point, I think Dooley has, has been one of the key players this year. I think he's a real talent on the wing when he plays. Probably middle of the season and the European run, he wasn't as good as he, as he has been and he probably was disappointed with that. But seeing the form, if they can get him back into form, it'll go a long way. And obviously Shepard getting a couple of goals is big. So, yeah, it just sets it up perfectly for like a really, really great weekend of um, FEI Cup Finals, which is what this league is all about. And just for Limerick then, is it kind of a good distraction that they, you know, they're in a relegation battle of some description, but now they're in a cup semi-final as well? Yeah, I, I don't know, actually. Um, listen, it's great and... You, they will say it's great. it'll be a positive aspect in the dressing room and what have you. You just wonder, will there be a little bit of a distraction there around their league form? Because uh, they they've can get they been dragged back into it. But you'd rather be in there from Limerick's perspective. They should be a massive turnout for that uh, semi-final. Um, Monster Derby. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like, you know, uh, if it was in Limerick, I'd probably fancy them. But going to Turner's Cross, I think Cork will be too strong. And then the other one's hard to call, Dundalk Rovers. It's an interesting one how that will set up. I think both sides hitting a bit of form towards the end of the season. Knowing Stephen Kenny not winning the league, he'll have, had the two, he'll have the two cups on his mind. And if he wins the two cups, I actually think it's a really successful season for Dundalk. If they finish second and we're with, with to win two cups, that's probably overachieving considering the players they lost at the start of the season. So, yeah, it sets it up. If I was to call a winner right now, I'd have to go with Dundalk at the moment, just given the form they're coming into the end of the season. Knowing Stephen Kenny and the relentless... 
pursuit of trophies that he goes after. Cork will be favourites now to win the cup just because I think they're at home to Limerick and they'll be seen as nearly guaranteed. Yeah, but yeah. I, they're not guaranteed if Limerick turn up because Limerick actually aren't a bad side and they'll bring a huge crowd to Ireland's cross. Yeah, Tosi's a handful up top mm. when he's playing and um, yeah, they've got some good players across the park but you would just fancy Cork overall. Um, it's Dundalk against Rovers on the Sunday, October 1st at 4.45 and the other game then is Cork City Limerick Friday, September 29th at 7.15. And uh, just the one thing about Rovers before we uh, go to Ronan Finn very shortly, I think two things. Grace is signed for them, which is a massive boost. And secondly, they're young players with young management. They're just getting better. And the, f- the pace that Clark showed against Bluebell frightens off. Ah, oh, he's brilliant, yeah. And I think underst- Stephen Kenny used to say it as well, and Paul Doolan, it's the f- if you can get the form at the end of the season... It's all well and good to have form. And listen, Cork have done brilliant and they ran away with the league early. But if you're in the mid-table or if you're if you're second or third and you're going into a cup run, if you can just get that form right at the end of the season, everyone's fit, you'd really want to, you'd really fancy them. And, and I think Rovers now, if they can get it right this year, if they, I, I'd love to see, for Stephen Bradley's sake, to them to, um, to win a trophy. I think this Saturday is a massive opportunity for them to do that. Um, I think the cup will be difficult for them to win, just given the, how prestigious it is and how difficult it is to win the FAI Cup. But if they were, if he was to get a trophy and finish third, I think that's a great season for them. It sets them up really well for next year. We should also just mention Sean Maguire off the mark at the weekend. Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? Um, by all accounts, the Middlesbrough game, he was he was great. He got man of the match. Uh, I saw the goal, good header. He he looks like he's going to hit a bit of form now. Wouldn't it be great to see him banging a few more over there and... Because he, he, a few lads were saying as well, on all the footage that they're showing over there, Channel 5 coverage and all that sort of stuff, everyone's talking about him. He just looks like a guy in form. So, uh, yeah, great to see him off the mark. And on that note, we're joined by Ronan Finn. Ronan, Sean Maguire obviously scored at the weekend. Um, have you been keeping up to date with his form? Should he be playing for Ireland? Yeah, i just seen, actually, i seen his finish. Um, you know, looked like he'd done really well in the game. I just seen highlights and, uh, you know, typical Sean, he got up, gets into the box and finishes it well. And listen, no, I mean, there's definitely a, you know, an, a help from, um, we seem to be short on goals and Johnny seems to be, um, you know, definitely a natural goal scorer. And um, obviously, you're playing with international football is a, is a big step up. But, well, listen, I've played against him and, you know, I've played with him, but I've also played against him. And, like, his form in the last kind of two years with Cork was, was unbelievable, as good as I've seen in the Premier in the, you know, top flight in Ireland and um, listen, I wish him all the best in England and I really hope that he does get his spot because he'll be fully dead. Bluebell uh, came up and performed with great credit at the weekend. What was it like? Uh, you seem to produce a lot of nice attacking football yourselves. Yeah, we've, we've definitely in a good um, better form at the minute. Um, obviously, at the start of the season, we were a bit hit and miss. kind of took us a bit, bit of time to gel, but I think the manager's, um, you know, he's, he, his philosophy hasn't changed off season and, you know, he believes in us and um, I think we're, we're now, like, we clicked into gear at a, you know, a crucial part of the season for us and um, we, we treated Bluebell with massive respect. I think that's, you know, from, you know, as soon as we started training last Monday, like, the manager, you know, he was straight honest about, like, do not take these loyally for a second because, you know, as soon as you start treating with team with disrespect, you know, you'll get turned over, you know, there'll be a cup shock and, you know, we made sure of, uh, I think our professionalism was, was evident the other night and it's just really important for the club now to, you know, to obviously be in the semi-final and uh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a massive part of the season for us and I feel that, um, you know, we definitely clicked into gear and, and just looking forward to now to, the, you know, I suppose, the, you know, the run-in at this stage. 
And Ron, is it anything different in training, or is it a case you just Bradzar has his, his way of playing, and you stick to it since the start of the season? You go through to the drills, the right shape, and it's just ended up working off, working out with the lads in the, in the squad, or like has anything um, dramatically changed? Not really, not like you know to be like like manager's been brilliant. Like he's just he has a philosophy of how he wants it to play, and just probably at the start of the season, he just you know was quite a new group, and you know we were a little bit inconsistent. We were getting you know maybe a good result followed by a, like a sloppy result and you know to be you know to be challenging for honours you know that can't be the case and I feel um, you know we're definitely still a, you know we're you know we're definitely still not the finished bad guy and the manager you know, will want us to kick on again next season but in terms you know where we've come from from the start of the season and um, where we dropped a lot of silly points you know we're, content, we're playing catch up from you know the first few weeks to now being in it you know we're in tour now we've seen we play now We've got a team really and like lads kind of, you know, I've got to know everybody I think positionally wise, you know, you're playing with new teammates. I think everybody's just a bit more natural with each now. And I think um, you've seen the game the other night, even, you know, like, like players like Brandon, like them, them goals he can score, you know, we've got players that can do that. And, uh, you know, to start the season, it just took us that little bit of time. But it break, we definitely, uh, you know, we turned the corner and I think then obviously in the last few weeks we've been done a good but um, win the games and I just breathe confidence as well. And uh, we do apologise for the um, slightly uh, dodgy connection but uh, before we get to the big game at the weekend and obviously Air will be showing that game live you can't be too happy to get the worst of the draw although apart from you can't wait to get to Oriel in the semi-final of the cup either I would have thought. Ah listen you know that's you know football you know you don't know who you're going to get and listen we've Went up to Dundalk and we beat them this season, and uh, you know, the, you know, it's not to be not to be afraid of. From our point of view, we know they're a good side. We know that they're in, um, you know, very good form themselves, and they're probably, you know, like I said, that we're probably the two form teams in the country, and it won't be easy. You know, we know they're a good side, but um, we've beaten them twice this season. We played them three times. We've beaten them twice, and I think deservedly so. We've beaten them twice, and uh, well, this we've got them this week in the um, the EA Sports Cup final, and then obviously now in the. Uh, you know, the FAI Cup semi-final and, you know, playing in the, the FAI Cup final for the last couple of years, I know, you know, how good it is to be there and, you, you know, as a player, you're going you're gonna to do anything to make sure you're in that final again. And, uh, was, was that like your best performance, actually, of your career in the Cup final last year? Um, I don't know, it's hard to gauge. It was just a, you know, the Dave the, the is just an amazing place to play football and, I mean, out of all the stadiums of, you know, even the last year in Europe that I played in and, Eva, in fairness, is the most impressive. It's just a, you know, the pitch is just fantastic. It's just a, you know, an unbelievable arena to go and, you know, show your ability. And um, as a player and as a, you know, for us as a club to, you know, to get there, it's, it's massive. And, you know, for the fans, for, you know, players' families, it's just an unbelievable day. And it is, it's like the last few years, it was it was great being there. But now, I mean, we've got a great opportunity to make sure we get there again. Sure, yeah. I, I re, you know, I just need desperate to be there in the cup final again. To be honest, you're playing Dundalk in the final of the League Cup. Um, you could certainly make a case that they're the best team in the country at the moment, maybe on current form. What's your take on that? Are you, are, but you, obviously, you have matched up against them. No, listen, if you're going current form, or as good as anyone, and um, listen, I know how like obviously how well um, you know how good the players are in Dundalk and. But I also know what we have in our dressing room, and um, you know we've not the fear. You know, playing this week in Tallaght, 
it's going to be a great game, great occasion for the club. And but listen, it's about winning, it's about winning medals. And you know, you don't want to get to a final and you know not walk home with a winners' medal. And you know, for the fans, it's massive. But for what we're building as a project, you know, in the club and behind the scenes, it's really big day for the club and uh, on Saturday. And the club is going in the right direction. We got to make sure that you know, as a force team, that you know, we get a positive results and that yeah. we, you know, we carry it forward ourselves. I was at the uh, the game in Tala. Uh, Ronald, when you guys won 2-1 there, you came out of the blocks, you were actually on top of them first half, probably should have went in 2-up or more. Um, will that help you guys get into this? Is like the, the frame of mind, the dressing room, listen, we, we can we can really take these guys on? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know what preparation manager will do this week, but, I mean, we've shown it, you know, already this season that we can, you know, I thought we were comfortable, not like, I mean, it don't mean we, we won well in, in talent that night when we beat them 2-1, they scored a very, very late goal. Basically, game is over, and the game finished two one, and we thought we were fully deserved. Basically, thought we, you know, we are, you know, we put in a really solid, fit, strong performance. And when we went up there, um, maybe eight, six, eight weeks, so we we beat them one nil. And listen, we know that they're the top side, but you know, like I said, I know what's in our dressing room, and um, you know, I, I'm confident in, in, in our lads that we can, you know, regardless, of we playing in this. This weekend, the talent, and then you know, obviously, a few weekends away in, uh, in the FDI Cup semi final. It's going to be two big games, but you know, two games as a play, you know, you want to play in the biggest games in the, in the country, and these are, you know, these are them. And you know, uh, sorry, Ron, just, just a couple of quick ones before you go. First of all, um, how impressive have you been with Lee Grace? And secondly, what's your physical shape been like? Because I know you were struggling a bit earlier in the season and you weren't, um, you had a little few issues that they were kind of, I suppose they were just trying to paper over the cracks to get you through games. But how are you feeling now? Yeah, well, listen, fortunately, Lee is just an unbelievable talent. Like someone that, you know, when he first came in, I, I, you know, I didn't know, you know, massive deal about my I knew he was, a, you know, a really good player, but like he's just, I've only worked with him a few weeks now, but I can easily say he's one of the best centre halves I've ever I've ever played with. You know, his career is going to be, you know, fruitful. You know, to say the least, he's going to you know go on to big big things. And then as long as he you know he's a really you know sensible lad and listen, he's just an unbelievable signing from the club. And yes, and all from my own point of view, um, just had a you know you know an ongoing injury that will need to be addressed at the end of the season. I'm not sure. You know, I'll speak to the, you know, uh, Alan Bourne and Tony, Tony McCarthy, and, you know, a possible operating, you know, small operation. I mean, hip is a potential that we, we're going to have to look at because, um, you know, it's something that it has it's been ongoing throughout the whole season, but it's something that I can manage, you know, but as it's, you know, I'm still only 29, I don't want to, you know, be managing, you know, playing games and, you know, you just want to get out and, you know, be able to perform without, you know, having to do, you know, a lot of prehab before training, before games. You know, I'm not. I don't think I'm quite over the hill yet. To be, uh, is is twenty nine? Is twenty nine a veteran, or do you have to be thirty to veteran. be a veteran? Twenty nine. I, I retired at thirty, so yeah, well, you've only a year left, Ron. Nothing to do with your age, really, though. To be fair, um, no, I yeah. still think there's a bit of still playing. I'm still like you know, you a good four okay. or five left in your day. Yeah, good, at least. <laughs> Listen, thanks a million um, for your time and uh, best of luck at the weekend and best of luck in the cup uh, semi-final as well. Cheers. Thanks a million, lads. Take it easy, Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, boys. Good luck. And, and uh, we should mention the aforementioned league race. Uh, if you were thinking about... Uh, getting involved in a bet on Rovers at the weekend. Lee Grace is out, which will be a blow. Yeah. And he spoke really highly of him there as well. Like. I know, yeah. Like, I'm, the more I'm hearing about it, I first, obviously, 
I've heard on, on the grapevine about him and then obviously yourself, Johnny, we're talking about him. But when you hear players like Ronan talking about he's the best and, and just what a career he's going to have, uh, looks like a great signing for, for Rovers. Looks like some bit of business that they've done out there. Stephen Bradley again. Nailed it. Three, and three kind of Grace things come to mind. Like One is Lee Grace. Secondly, Grace, who was married to um, one of the Easter Rising guys who was you know, basically, I think they got married just before he's executed. Who was that again? Grace, just hold me in your arms. The Rovers fans have adopted as a song. Oh, really? And thirdly, Jeff Buckley's debut album, Grace, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, you nailed the three Graces there. So there probably are other Grace, and if you have other Grace memories, um, you can tweet them in. Uh, but Ronan Finn, he was slow to get going, I thought, this season. But it's funny sometimes, you, you look at horses running, and you're like, this horse, is he's not putting it in and that, and he's he's shirking the issue. But like he did have an, in, he did have an issue there. You know? I interviewed him uh, for the opener. Was it the second game we covered him? I can't remember. Maybe the second or third game. It was game. the first game of the season, yeah. First game of the season, was it? That um, was when the, the great Graham Burke uh, cameo. That's of, uh, right, yeah. Rovers had six yellow car- red cards very early in the season and they were trying all, to get it. All in that case. Yeah, but like, I remember chatting to him and he, he wasn't sure what he was going to play, but he's had a long-standing groin injury. So he said he's going to get a treat at the end of the season. And if you're, he didn't have a great preseason, and then you get through and he's played and he's probably played with a bit of injury and carrying something. So I know what that's like as a player. You're just struggling to get through and it becomes a bit monotonous and, and you're trying to protect yourself. You're not training hard enough during the week because you want to protect yourself to get to the Fridays and it does catch up with you. But it looks like he's managed to get a bit of form now and if they can just keep him fit between now and the end of the season because I think he, he's been a good signing for them even though people will say he's not dominating games or what have you but the stuff he brings to the dressing room is experience and going into these games. Like He's been in cup finals so many times now at, at this stage. So I think other stuff off the pitch as well as training, he'll have been a massive uh, boost to that dressing room. Are you on duty for air sport at the weekend? I am indeed. Thank God for that, actually. If you weren't, it would have been a bit embarrassing. <laughs> but um, looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't um, wait. It should be a great game. Yeah. Um, who do you fancy? Um, <sighs> to be honest, Grace being out is a big blow because yeah. they weren't good defensively for much of the season. And uh, I, I thought a lot of that had to do with their midfield shape because I didn't think they had enough cover. But Grace is so good, they'll probably be able to get away with that a bit. And Ryan Connolly has come in and he's played well as well. Yeah, I struggle with Ryan Connolly at times. I don't think he does enough for me in the middle of the park for Rovers. Um, who will he bring in to centre-back instead of Grace? Will Bone go back in? or Possibly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just if, if Grace was playing, I'd fancy them to, to get the win. But... Uh, Dave McAllister I think if he can sit in the middle of the park because when, when they played them uh, 2-1 in Tala that he time a great game, he, yeah. he was brilliant he batted yeah. the midfield and he let Fingo on do a bit more so uh, I'm delighted for Brandon Meal as well because uh, Dan spoke really highly of him before I really got to see him and I think I started seeing him play as his form sort of started to actually um, regress a bit yeah. um, but I, this season he's just he's really come to term, in terms of the potential he had yeah him. I know he's brilliant even against Cork as goal and then the other night he's just outside the box he's just so comfortable just opening up his body so massive potential that lad you and Stephen Bradley both retired early and somebody told me recently Bradley retired early because he wasn't the player he was early in his life because of an injury and he was a brilliant youth player like yeah. really really yeah. good player at Arsenal and all that like and yeah. I don't know why Brad's retired so early he could have kept going easily um he was all once once he didn't make it. I think he got he was very close early doors to get into the Arsenal side. He played a, played a couple of first team appearances, um, and I've, it's something. Uh, he, a couple of things happened off the pitch which uh, were out of his hands, which mm. caused him to miss quite a bit of football. And when he came back, he was never quite the same. But it's a shame he retired so early. He was a fantastic player. Like the quality he had was brilliant. Like he, anywhere in around sort of twenty twenty five yards, he, he he's gonna score if he gets a bit of space. But it, his whole vision, getting on the ball, he great feet. It's a shame he did retire so early. He was very young now. He was a lot younger than myself. 
And let's get to uh, the bread and butter as it is of the league, big games at the weekend. And after that, we'll, we'll briefly discuss the first division and briefly within our uh, legal remit, <laughs> uh, discuss the loan situation, which would nearly divide opinion, I suppose, at this stage. Uh, Cork are 14 points clear in the league. Um, now, they are not in action at the weekend, but Bray are playing Limerick. All these games really are basically relevant to the relegation zone. Bray against Limerick, uh, Drogheda against Bowes, Galway against Derry and Harps against Sligo. Now, I was just looking at the first kind of betting came in today. Bray are outsiders to beat Limerick at home, which I thought was interesting. Really? Mm. And they beat their last top, uh, league game, they beat Drogheda, didn't they? Um, yeah. So they're going in, they've, they've won a game, obviously. They were on a horrendous bit of form. Uh, what do they have? They're only actually seven points ahead of Limerick. Yeah, um, I Limerick is a big one, isn't it? It's huge for them. Um, they're really dragged back into it. I was actually chatting to a Bowles fan today and work, Stephen uh, Baker, buddy of mine, and um, I was saying to Asher, Bowles are safe now, you know, and he's like, I'm not sure. He said, so it's six, is it six points from them to Sligo? Um, I think I do think Bowles are safe. Everyone else, it's a toss of a coin out of them. Drogheda are gone. Um, Galway, Sligo, Finn Harps, Pats, and Limerick. Limerick need to win this. If they don't win this, it could be free fall for them. Are you predicting a way win? I'm not. I'm predicting a draw. I'm going to go away win, kind of, because I think Bray are in no man's land really at the moment. They're probably not going to make Europe, and they're definitely not going to get relegated unless there's a, a massive change of drugs v bows. Probably in a way win there. Yeah, fancy bows in that one. Um, Do you think Pete Mann will? call it a day I think he's 70 at the end of the season I don't think he will I think Pete just keeps going he loves it um, I look and from from what you hear from him he's doing quite well and blooding a few young lads coming through there local lads as well as everyone says uh, was Stephen Elliott was talking about the other day they got promoted a year too early and um, it's been difficult from, from from day one they actually started off quite well but I'd say I, I, listen more more power to Pete he's, he's around he's still keep going he managed to get promoted last year what's his son Alan doing nowadays he's playing for UCD I think he works at a revenue commissioner's. Mm. Yeah. He'll probably be on to me shortly, so. He will, yeah. yeah. Let's move I on didn't know that, that actually. <laughs> won't mention that. Um, <laughs> Galway Knights against Derry. I think the boy McAniff, one of my favourite players in the league, is not uh, available for this, which will help us. Um, the one thing I can see here is goals. Signed uh, Niall Maher from, uh, he's, he's ex-Berry. He's a good player now. Right, I okay. didn't see the game at the weekend because Dan decided to put his wedding on the same day. <laughs> but uh, we can see the two goals. But I, I, I think we I think we could beat I think we could beat Derry, um, but I'll go for a draw. If you don't win it, is is that a... That's not the end, because like, we have a decent run in. This is one of our harder games, and obviously this brings us to our next game. Are you, what are you predicting here? Uh, Derry win. Derry win, okay. Yep. Not good. Uh, Harps against Sligo. This is a game where I, I don't know what we want here. We might want Sligo to win. A draw is what you want there, isn't it? Really? I'm going to predict a draw. You're going for a draw? Mm. Um, I'm gonna predict a Harps win. Okay. They've, yeah. Um, home. Shells against Athlone uh, in the first division. Shells f- actually finished the season fairly well, and uh, Wexford against Watford. You'd imagine Watford will uh, kind of copper fasten their five point gap at the top there, but with Cove at home to Cabin Teeley, Cove might fancy their chance for a win there, and still in with a shout. Amazing stuff from the Henderson's boys. I imagine having very close. I like, imagine their budgets like are you know basically the ratio of their budgets to be your wages in Google to mine in the Indo like not comparable. Let's move on. Um, 
Well, actually, yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Um, and Longford against UCD. Neil Fenn, beautiful suit for the Cork game. Might he be a bit more looked well, didn't kind he? of yeah. m for the UCD visit. Um, and Athlone, we mentioned at the top, our way to Shells. What have you made of it all? Um, it, there, there was a big gap there where people, I think, forgot about it. And uh, now it obviously came back in. There's been a lot of criticism of the FAI. And I have to say, I think, I feel a bit for the FAI here because you're dealing with circumstantial evidence and other evidence. But what have you... What have you made of it? I think everyone has, has has a strong belief at this stage whether or not somebody was guilty or not, but what have you made of it? Yeah, I think it's a really difficult one. Um, reading the stories and, and talking to a few people that are involved in it, um, it's not a court of law. They don't have to prove the actual evidence of it, but by all accounts, the people, the independent people who looked at it, uh, they thought that it, it looked suspicious. Um, I think it's a difficult one for the FAI, and you do have sympathy for them. Um, you kind of have to be careful what you say here. In classic PFAI fashion, they've gone like the old school uh, union statement, which was quite, I thought their statement afterwards was a little bit outrageous in, in terms of some of their language that they used in it. Um, and maybe like they're, <laughs> you, you, want, you do have to be careful what you say, but. What, what, what was the union reference there actually? That was quite interesting. I think I know what you mean, but. It seems slightly militant at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, there. Wh- how did you find the PFAI as a player? Because they um, say in England the PFA are great. I mean, obviously, I don't know, but the PFAI. Did you have any dealings with them? Um, not too many. Uh, once at Pats, um, when we had a bit of an issue around contracts come towards an end, yeah, we were negotiating whether we were going to go part time and take a pay cut. Dealt with them then a little bit. Um, being honest, I haven't had that much dealing with them, so I wouldn't have a huge opinion on them one way or the other. By Apart from Steve McGuinness now, who's involved? Ollie Cahill's involved. Yeah. He's a great guy um, from when I played with him. I haven't spoke to Ollie since I've retired, I don't think, so, uh, or, or Steve McGuinness. So I don't know. Uh, by all accounts, they've, they've progressed in terms of the, the organisation and they're trying to do a bit to help players uh, once they retire and things like that. But when it comes down to this, they, they go with quite a hard stance in terms of what they're, what they, how they've come up with a statement afterwards. I do I feel sorry for the FEI in this case. It's a, it's a horrible thing to have to deal with. Um, it does bring our league uh, or the leagues into to distribute in terms of what's happened here and, and the, the publicity around it so what did you make of it? I think the saddest thing of, about all of this is that Lone Town Football Club may may actually struggle to stay in existence one of the oldest clubs in the country with the proud tradition Roddy has gone down there and hasn't stemmed the tide in terms of results at all no. With the recent example of a keeper on the bench wearing Galway United shorts because he had loan shorts were in the wash and uh, they didn't have enough players on the bench on that occasion. Uh, I remember going to St. Mel's when I was younger. It was an absolute kip of a ground in the middle of a dump of a housing estate, but it was a great place to watch yeah. football. They played AC Milan there um, that famous time the, right, in yeah. the, the Minnock days when he missed a penalty, I think. Um, and to see what's gone on and to look at the complete disassociation between Atlone Town and the people that loved Atlone Town and whatever you think about the guys who've come in from from abroad to play for Atlone Town, there's massive, massive questions to ask about the people who are running the club. Yeah. And their complete disregard, it would seem, for the wishes of Atlone football people. Um, and in relation to the investigation itself, I think the criticism of the FAI has been a disgrace here because the FAI are looking at circumstantial evidence overwhelmingly, but as you say, it's not a court of law. Yeah. The money that was wagered on a late goal in the Longford game was far, far, far beyond normal betting. Yeah, I no, mean, yeah. it literally could not have happened unless there was a mistake in a computer. That didn't happen. Um, 
and I think the PFEI they've a represent they have to represent the players, but people who are jumping uh, to bat to lash the FEI should basically have a long look at themselves. Yeah, it's a difficult situation. Um, I don't think anyone comes out of it looking well, do they? No, and just in relation to what I've heard about the potential investors at Galway United, um, let me categorically say there'll be none of this nonsense going on. They've they've very good intentions. Um, oh, really? If they if it ever does happen, and I don't I don't think Galway United fans should be too worried. But if you look at the progress, like the likes of Cork City, Shamrock Rovers, um, are making other fan-run clubs, which Wexford will soon be, and you look at that loan. I find it very sad. Yeah, it's like Limerick have, Limerick have turned things around the last mm. few years. They've seemed to have got back into Marketsfield. They've created a bit of a, a, a local spirit, local element to it. To your point, yeah, it's an absolute travesty that Atlone, one of the strongest soccer towns in the country, has no association with their local team. When At, the, at a time when you look at a Dundalk and what it actually does for the, the local community, it's disappointing. So hopefully we'll get past this and, and next year we'll kick on. But... It's just a shame that it's such a, a dour subject to be talking when you're discussing League of Ireland. So before you go, do you know who's working with you at the weekend? I think we've uh, Pat Fenlon with myself and we'll have the ever-brilliant Brian Kerr on co-commentary. Is Brian your f- is Brian Kerr like your favourite guy to work with? We actually had a very drunken discussion at the wedding with the LOI Weekly guys. What was your favourite show so far? And the oh, Kerr really? one figured prominently. He's brilliant, yeah. Brian's just a gentleman. I've known Brian a long time and uh, just been in his company. He's, he's just good fun and he's... His passion, yeah, he's, he's a joy to be around uh, when it comes to football. And he's always got a good story or remembers some stat or, or something like that. Last time I was chatting to him, he was talking to, about Nicky Byrne was going on a podcast and he'd found the team sheet from the El Porto tournament out in Portugal that he thought I was on. He was like, I saw a team sheet today back when in, in uh, 1996. I think you were sub, but, I, but I, you came on and then you ended up playing and it's just... Yeah, he's just a joy to be around, so the more Brian Kerr, the better. I love hearing him on all the, well, any game he covers. LOI Weekly, episode 30, and uh, make sure you tune in. Uh, what time is kickoff on Saturday? 3 o'clock. Half 3 o'clock, a nice, a nice old-fashioned English 3 o'clock yeah. kickoff uh, in tune with our brethren up the north who still have the... I love going to games up there at 3 in the Saturday afternoon. Should be an absolute cracker, and uh, have a good weekend, and we shall talk to you next week. We're still trying to get over what we'll do without Dan. Um, how long is he on honeymoon? Who knows? Um, but we have a couple of ideas in store, and if you have any more, send them in to us. Uh, we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And thanks for listening, and thanks for coming in, Damo. Johnny, it's been a pleasure.